Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. Healthcare is the most fundamental issue in our lives. We have bodies that wear out, break, and get diseased. Something goes wrong, and we go to a doctor to make us healthy. It couldn't get much more straightforward than that. However, in reality, what should be a simple process is anything but. The business side of the provision of healthcare is about the most complex exercise in politics and bookkeeping you can encounter. The players in the process extend all the way from the President of the United States to accountants in windowless rooms in medical clinics. It seems that some part of the system is always dissatisfied with the status quo. So we are continually talking about everything from tinkering to overhauling the entire healthcare system. Where are we today, and where is healthcare going? Who among us could answer these questions? Not me, and I suspect probably not you. The good news is I'm sitting across the table from two gentlemen who do know the answers to these questions. Dr. Stephen Udvarai, known far and wide as simply Dr. Steve, is president and CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield Louisiana. Blue Cross ensures the health of one in four of all Louisiana residents. Dr. Steve is not just a boardroom executive, he's a board-certified internist with more than 25 years in the healthcare industry. Dr. Steve, welcome out to lunch. Thanks, great to be here. Now, Blaine Lindsay is the executive director, chairman, and Southeast division head of a company that offers a whole new approach to healthcare delivery called an ACO, an Accountable Care Organization. Blaine's ACO is Allidade, Louisiana. The goal of the ACO is to lead healthcare away from the traditional fee-for-service model where you pay to see a doctor to what's called a value-based healthcare system. Exactly what that means we're going to find out in just a moment. Blaine, welcome out to lunch. Uh, thank you very much. Now, Dr. Steve, I have a rare opportunity to ask you the one question that every single person in America wants to know about healthcare. Drawing on your experience delivering both sides of the healthcare issue, care and profit, you can tell me in comparison to every other comparable country, including Canada and the UK, why are healthcare costs so high in the US? Uh, they are reportedly twice as high as Canada and about three times higher than the UK. Some of our healthcare outcomes are better, but not twice or three times as good. In your vast knowledge of the healthcare system, is there any logical reason why every American in our government is saddled with this financial burden? So, Peter, you're right. We spend almost twice as much as every other developed country, and the quality that we get for that puts us near the bottom of developed countries. So we're not getting the value. And the reason is not straightforward. It's related to a couple things. Um, we use a lot of services. We're not that healthy. And there's a fundamental part of our delivery system that's broken. We don't have enough primary care. If you actually look as a country, we have about 1 20th, or 20%, I should say, of the primary care physicians per capita of a country like France. 
we have half as many as the, the next sort of lowest country. Do we have a lot of specialists? So we have a lot of specialists. We have a lot of hospitals. So we have the best technology, right? We have the best advanced uh, processes. But we don't have that front end infrastructure that really helps people in their daily lives take care of themselves and stay healthy so they actually don't need to go see the doctor. Well, that's a change we could make. Is that, that one of the things that's on your agenda? It's one of, we, our mission is pretty simple. It's to uh, improve the health and lives of Louisianians. So I think um, the, the issues that have led us to where we are in the United States have been coming for years. You know, and candidly, I've been in this business for 25 years. We still have the same three fundamental problems today despite a lot of changes that we had 25, 30 years ago, and that is access to health care, costs are too high, and quality is not where it should be. <sighs> so th those, the, the access issue, particularly to primary care, will help the cost and will help the quality. And that's why, for example, what is our company doing? We're investing in primary care. We're investing in quality blue primary care, where we're helping physicians take better care of their patients. And what does that mean? For example, we've been able to get people with hypertension where doctors taking care of their patients have gone from about 40 to 50% of their patients being controlled to 70 to 80% of their patients controlled. That leads to less strokes, less heart attacks, and better lifestyle. Those are big changes. Now, Blaine, the most recent sweeping change to healthcare came in the form of the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare. It was a provision in that legislation that allowed for the creation of Allidaid as an ACO and an accountable care organization. I have two questions for you. One, can you tell us how an ACO works? And two, is the future of the company threatened by changes in healthcare legislation? Uh, can it survive? Sure. Um, the way that an accountable care organization works is essentially a group of providers have decided to come together to take responsibility for the total cost of care of the patient. So no longer, uh, as Dr. Steve was talking about, no longer is each individual piece uh, waiting to catch their things. The way we like to think about it is, is the Niagara Falls. The way it is right now, there's $3 trillion of healthcare money coming over Niagara Falls, and our entire healthcare system is made up of people at the bottom of the falls trying to get that water in their bucket. Okay. Um, what the accountable care organization does is it comes together and it approaches payers, it approaches Medicare, uh, but it also approaches private payers um, and other plans and say, if we can come together and we can provide better care and we can lower the cost for your organization, um, then, then you know, we would like as an accountable care organization to, to continue in that program and to, and to benefit from it. So the accountable care organizations or the Medicare Shared Savings Program came through Parts of it came through the ACA, but it's since been moved over into the permanent program of Medicare. So when you talk about when you talk about is accountable care going anywhere, you're not talking about the Medicare program going anywhere because it's now permanently funded, but you're also talking about value-based care with other providers because every single one of the providers would like to create better value for their health care, and we believe the primary care physicians that we work with, the only way to do that over a large population of patients is to, is to create better outcomes, and you create better outcomes with more primary care. And going back to Dr. Steve again, you mentioned there's a shortage of primary care physicians. Why is that? I mean, I have students that are going on to medical school. Do they somewhere around age 20 or so decide that's not where they want to be? Well, I think um, there are a lot of reasons people choose different specialties. I think um, historically the payment model we've had in the United States, we've been paying for the volume of things, the volume of things done 
rather than the quality of the outcomes and results that we get. And certainly, certain subspecialties have a lot of procedures, and uh, those can be expensive. And so there is an income difference for physicians that go into specialty services versus primary care. What we're trying to do, and you know, Allidate is trying to do this as an accountable care organization, is, is change the way we pay for healthcare. So that we begin to pay, and that's what we're doing with our primary care physicians in Quality Blue, we're paying them for better care not more care. And uh, I think we're just beginning to do that, but that is a transformation. Let's that be outcome be based. Uh, outcome based. We need to transform the way care is delivered. If doctors and hospitals and everybody else continue to do things the way we've always done it, we're not going to fix quality, we're not going to fix cost. So that's the fundamental change we need. And I guess one of the questions when people talk about that change is, uh, how do you measure outcomes? Well, outcomes, um, some outcomes are easy to measure, such as whether or not uh, you fix the underlying problem with surgery, uh, whether uh, your heart failure is now under control. But another outcome is, were the patient's needs, as they perceive them, adequately addressed? And that's why we need to have a patient-centered approach to care. I mean, let's be honest. We've all experienced healthcare as a patient. We've uh, experienced other things in our lives. Do we think that healthcare is an easy, consumer-friendly, oriented experience? It's not, right? So that's the other part that we need to do. We need to make uh, the healthcare experience one uh, that is easier to navigate, better understood, and more pleasant. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Peter Raschuti. My guests are Dr. Steve, President and CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield, Louisiana, and Blaine Lindsay, Executive Director, Chairman, and Southeast Division Head of the Accountable Care Organization, Allidade, Louisiana. And Blaine, I never get to sit with folks like you, so I'm pulling out questions that I've always wanted to <laughs> ask. Why, why do uh, drugs cost so much more here than in Canada, for instance? Why is it? I think that the easy answer is, um, on the Medicare side at least, that, that right now the uh, regulations don't allow Medicare to negotiate with, with uh, pharmaceutical companies. Um, that's an easy answer. That's a policy issue that's being tackled right now in the news uh, as we speak. Um, but on the other hand, America has really, the, the pharmaceutical companies have really become the R&D organization for the entire, in the entire world. Um, and the way that our payment structure is set up right now um, is that we now pay for that, right, through, through, our, through our payers and through our, our government. Um, what we need to do, right, is pull, and, and a lot of those drugs are incredibly expensive. You get to $80,000 a year, $100,000 a year for, for drugs that are being passed every day. If we can start keeping people healthier on the front end and then keeping them controlled with the other therapies, um, exercise, food, um, you know, less expensive treatments at the beginning, then they don't crash into those very expensive drugs. And I noticed um, you both ordered the fish, so you're <laughs> doing the best you can <laughs> right. to, stay, uh, right. to stay healthy. They, now, it's very <laughs> interesting seeing your two organizations because, Dr. Steve, your organization's been around since, is it the 1930s or something? We've been over, over 80 years we've been in Louisiana. Wow, and, and you're, this is a relatively new upstart, what you've put together. Uh, Allidade was founded about two years ago. Um, by, by Dr. Mustashari, who is the former head of ONC um, for President Obama, um, and really ran the companies or the country's uh, EHR initiatives. So, so when you're talking about measuring outcomes, 
you've got to find a way to, to find those numbers, right? So what we try to do is, is use technology to get into the doctor's office, attach to their EHRs, take that data, and then make some sense of it, right? What, what do I send to Medicare? What do I send to Blue Cross? What do I send to Humana? Um, so that they can measure yeah. their measures appropriately wh through their theory of, of what constitutes um, value-based care. And I've always wanted to know where the name Blue Cross Blue Shield came from. Is it like, like if you went to a desert island, would you rather carry and you had just one thing, a cross or a shield? I think that would be the uh, kind of kind of why. Is it was it a religious organization at one point? Is that why the cross? No, the nope. the 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 simple history is that the Blue Cross organizations were started by hospitals who wanted to have their expenses prepaid through insurance, and Blue Shield organizations were started by physicians who wanted to have their services prepaid as insurance. Um, and it really grew post-World War II. And the legacy is there was two separate organizations that came together both at a national level and then later uh, at a state level. So here in Louisiana, we now have one Blue Cross Blue Shield, but earlier in time, there were different organizations and the cross and the shield were separate. So it's sort of the, the way the, the cross was historically hospital-based services and the shield was for doctor-based services. I'm going to be so much more interesting in bars now. That's how uh, that's I, a, I just learned that people, too. Yeah. Oh really? That's <laughs> right. so great. They, you know, Blaine, I want to compliment you on something. I was looking in your background and yeah. this company was sort of built on the idea of asking a lot of questions. And um, I just want you to tell me a little bit more about that. That, that. You mentioned even a program called kind of, what is it, walking around listening. Right. Um, so Really, the, the core of what Allidaid does is uh, it takes advantage of a program called the Annual Wellness Visit. Um, so when we work with exclusively independent primary care physicians um, who aren't tied to other parts of the healthcare system, right? Um, but what, what CMS has done is for primary care physicians... And CMS Medicare, is the, uh, the... Medicare. Right, okay. The shorthand for Medicare. Yeah, we'll call, it, call it Medicare. That's uh, the cool guy's way to talk about <laughs> Medicare. <laughs> yeah. uh, it, what Medicare has done is they've created this visit. Um, and it's called the annual wellness visit. It is a completely hands-off visit for the physician. They don't look in your ears. They don't look in your mouth. They ask you questions for, for 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes. And it's all about your um, you know, behavior, your life circumstances, your disease history, who you're seeing, uh, what are your other conditions, what are you, you know, even what, what's, what's your home situation like. And they've actually, they've actually created incentives for physicians through higher payments to do these visits to just stop and talk. And that's the, that's the basic the basis of all of what we do is the relationship between primary care and the individual patient. Well, that is, that is pretty cool. Now, Dr. Steve Blaine, this is the part of the show we call Let Me Ask You This. Uh, both of you hire a lot of people. I've got a list of 20 interview questions here that were dreamed up by HR specialists to try and get to know the creative and problem-solving side of a potential employee. I'm going to ask you one each. Uh, Blaine, if Hollywood made a movie about your life, who would you like to see play the lead role, and what would the movie be called? <laughs> really? Um, I guess uh, I, I've, I've often been compared to the young Ricky Martin oh, for some oh, reason. Oh, really? That's <laughs> terrific. The, the Menudo Ricky Martin? So <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's not terrific. So <laughs> let's just call it that. Oh, that is great. So it's going to have a score and everything to it. That, that is terrific. Dr. Steve, uh, what was the last gift you gave someone? Uh, the last gift I gave someone was flowers to my wife. And uh, did it work? Is that did get the impact you wanted? And she loved them. She loved the flowers. They were uh, great. And uh, you know, flowers are wonderful. They brighten your day. 
I really thought you were going to say that you gave a kidney or something. I really, I really was kind of... <laughs> no, I still have both my kidneys, right. I, uh, but... Uh. <laughs> we usually check that on the show, so that's, uh, that's going to help. And Blaine, I've got to ask you an outside question here. In real life, you are secretly an attorney. Recovering, happily recovering attorney, <laughs> yeah. yes. I would assume in a business that's this regulated, that's got to come in handy. Uh, absolutely. Um, but in healthcare, by the time you get to an attorney things have gone way <laughs> sideways, right? Um, <laughs> so w that wasn't a very fulfilling career to me to fix huge healthcare problems after they've already happened. What I wanted to do is get out in front of it and try to effectuate some change in that, in that spot where the rubber meets the road, where the physician meets the patient at the admin um, desk at the emergency room. Um, however, with it, it's such a complex regulatory overlay, particularly with all the legislative changes that have come down the last few years, it's... Why? And Dr. Steve, I got to ask you something that always always interests me: is we attract such terrific talent here to to Louisiana. And uh, I know yourself; you went to I was at Harvard undergraduate and Johns Hopkins Medical School. What brought you here? Um, you know, this was a great opportunity to make a difference. Um, I feel very uh, strongly, passionately about the mission of the company, which is to improve the health and lives of Louisianians. Um, we have the unfortunate circumstance that we now rank 49th out of 50 states in the country in we terms need more of health. states. That's what we need. Yeah, <laughs> a, that's just. Um, um, I'm fortunate to have been able to look at the healthcare system from a lot of different perspectives. As you said, you know, I've been a practicing physician. I've taken care of patients. Um, I've worked in large academic medical centers. I've worked uh, in an insurance company and um, worked, uh, you know, doing pharmacy benefit management. So, so, and we've all been caregivers, right? We've all been patients and caregivers ourselves. So I think all of those perspectives allow me to come here to Louisiana uh, at, to a company that has a very strong and great tradition and help us move forward uh, in a very positive way. And I, I think that uh, the, in the year that I've been here, uh, the reception that I've gotten has been great. Uh, people want change. They're not happy with the status quo. Uh, not everybody has a common vision of where we should go, but I think that's the opportunity. I think yeah. that's the opportunity is to help work in a state, get the stakeholders aligned around what does better health care look like in Louisiana. And we all need to get, we've got to be all in the boat together, and we've got to be all rowing in the same direction <laughs> with the same cadence. That's not where we are right now. Okay, and so we tend to be going around in circles because we're not rowing in the same way in, in the same place. So um, healthcare now has become, you know, if, if you go back to Marcus Welby. Yes, I love that okay. show. The Marcus Welby version of healthcare was the doctor as a single individual is going to take care of everything for you. That's not healthcare today in 2017. Like house. Today, healthcare is a team endeavor. It, it is a team sport where you really need to have uh, a broad array of stakeholders aligned uh, to make things uh, better. So you need uh, the right infrastructure, the right information, uh, the right incentives. And so uh, that's the business we're about. We're about changing the incentives, changing the information, uh, and helping slowly uh, you know, to move things in, in, in a better direction where we get the value quite candidly as a country we deserve. For the amount of money we're paying, we get the value that we deserve. Blaine, I've got to ask you a, a question. If we were to come back three years from now, uh, what do you think the healthcare system would look like? I know 
you know, it's easier to predict the stock market than this, but uh, certain, certain fundamental th changes? I, I don't believe value-based care is going anywhere. I believe that what you're going to see is that uh, there will be more programs that allow the, the highest performing with the best outcomes providers to rise to the top of the healthcare system. Um, but I'm not concerned either way. Um, what the independent primary care physicians we work with do, as long as they are taking care of their patients, as long as they are, are treating the conditions that they have, identifying them, it doesn't matter what happens to the healthcare system, honestly. It, it, it matters a little bit to patients, it doesn't matter much to the doctors, because that relationship, if that patient's being treated properly, then that's what's going to matter. So I, I, I want to keep the focus micro, right, on relationships rather than macro where people can, can kind of get away from people. There's only so much of the healthcare issue we can come to grips with here over lunch, but we certainly know more about it than we did 30 minutes ago. Uh, Dr. Steve Blaine, it has been great to meet you. Thank you both for uh, taking the time today to join me in Out to Lunch. Very much appreciated. Thank you, sir. <laughs> My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dr. Steve Woodverai. He's the president and CEO of Blue Cross Blue Shield Louisiana, and Blaine Lindsay, executive director, chairman, and Southeast division head of Allidade, Louisiana. Now, you can find out more about Dr. Steve's and Blaine's healthcare companies by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and wwno.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our researcher is Matthew L. Ellison. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music in Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is sold, streamed, or stolen, and at MitchellForeman.com. You can get this show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows, and you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, the photos were taken today by Catherine King. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch on WWNO provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with more than 375 attorneys and offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp.